It's your girl, Fancy Patrice, and we're back with another episode of Crown. This is the place to wear your crown. Come on, y'all, let's turn up the sound. Uh, if it's slide and put it on back, yeah, that's right, put it on track. This is the Crown Podcast. So I am super excited to have another episode. I can't believe that I am on episode seven. If this is your first time tuning in, you're in the right place. Crowned is a place where I inspire to help kings and queens keep their crowns aligned, even when life has gotten hard. I strive to be a voice or an outlet for millennials who feel lost, who are unable to express their emotions, or who feel like they aren't doing enough in life right now. I want people to know that whatever you are or whatever you may be dealing with or have dealt with, it's okay to be in that exact position at that exact moment. So today I have a very special guest, my best friend, Talisha. Hey y'all. Just to give you a little history of our friendship, we go back to high school years. So we have really grown and evolved with each other over time, found out about ourselves, how to be good friends. We've really been through the wire and I am just very appreciative of our friendship because we just accept each other where we are currently in life. This is my best friend and I am so grateful to do life with her. So we start the show with fancy thoughts. So this has been so much going on. I haven't made an episode in two weeks because, you know, it's bi-weekly. And there's just so much that has lapsed in those two weeks. <laughs> so where do you want to start? You want to start with a little ratchet tea. Um, I got a little serious adult life in here. And then we could be funny. Let's be ratchet first. Okay. So, starting off, Young Miami from City Girls. She made a post and she said she don't drink water. (laughs) 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 And people were like, girl, you pissing nails. (laughs) They're like straight ammonia. I mean, I couldn't believe that she was just like, I don't drink water, I drink orange juice. She did a little tour, girl. I do this. Is that the one who said I flewed out? Yeah. She dehydrated. That's why she said that. (laughs) Because she not drinking water to get to the brain. She dehydrated. Period. (laughs) Dumb. And so many people made, like, little posts. Like, Kev on stage was, I like him. He made like a little like, you know what? This is just not good. 2018, you're not drinking water. This is a real issue. And she don't see no problem with nothing that she do. So she made, at the end of the week, she came back and she was drinking a bottle of water and was like, (laughs) (laughs) True Tito, Brittany, that used to be you. (laughs) I used to be like, I don't drink water. I'm allergic. I'm allergic. (laughs) You drink no water. Girl, where's your water? <laughs> Hence why I wanted to break it up in fancy thoughts because we talking about our truth. Okay. So, I don't know. Have you seen the movie Wreck-It Ralph? Um, I think I've seen bits and pieces, but not all the way through. Is it good? It's very good. And it's a cartoon, but we're all kids at heart. And it had like so many topics in there um i wrote down a few friendship love and self-sacrifice 
So I just thought it was really cute that they had so many topics and different things that kids could take away, but also that adults could take away. Um, so Wreck-It Wreck Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph, whatever you want to call him, was like a really big dude and he just loved, loved his best friend. And the little girl ended up wanting to like spread her wings by herself. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so good because I remember as like teenager, high school, like we start to get those identities from other people around us. Right. And you think that that's the way you have to do, that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they put that in the movie, like it's okay to be independent. It's okay to be unique. And still person, be, right? uh-huh, um, that person's friend. Like, you know, giving each other space. They talked, like, every week, once a week. We ain't talking once a week, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> but just the fact that the teenagers or kids that are watching this movie can get those lessons a little early. That is good. It's needed, especially this day and age with, you know, social media. Everybody thinks they have to look like or be like somebody. But if they, you know, look at the movie. You can have your own self-identity. It was really cute. I was like, okay. And no shade. I know some adults that could really benefit from some of those life lessons that were shown in that movie. All right. Cardi B and Offset. Ciao. It ain't lasting. (laughs) I don't believe it. Girl, mom. So she put that video up. Let me give a little background. So Cardi B put a video up about how things were not going well in her marriage and they are separated. Now, this is a single video. It looked like she was like in her dressing room. So she was in a heat of the moment. Probably some stuff had hit the fan and she was just like, it's over. And then she put it on Instagram. Now, I don't know about you, but I just feel like Instagram, Facebook, all your social media do not need to know everything that's going in-house. 100%. Because more than likely, sis is going to take him back. And now you got to clean up. Clean it up, baby. <laughs> baby girl. Baby girl. Clean it up. <laughs> she got to go back and fix all that. And, like, Offset been cheating. Been cheating. This ain't nothing new. He been cheating. Even before the ring... Before the marriage, he been cheating, sis. This ain't nothing new. <laughs> I'm not condoning cheating. That sounds like we're condoning cheating, but we're really not. No, I'm like, she needs to walk in what she accepted because this is who he was. But like Wreck-It Ralph, she's getting her own identity. <laughs> <laughs> you brought that back full circle. Full circle. Okay, but Cardi, okay, let's just go back. Cardi's history. On Love & Hip Hop, she was with that man who... Uh, was in jail. She's like, oh, my Danny, he gonna do this, he gonna do that. I don't know what he doing, girl. You put money on his books. But was he cheating? No, just to, I'm just talking about the character of the quality of the men that of she men. gets. Okay, okay. Like, you accept the bare minimum is my point. No standards. Yes. Like, anybody who treats you good, girl, might tote the wagon, buy you um shoes, you good with that. That don't last. Mm-mm. He bought them rings. He bought their car. He did all that. She was so in love with that. And then you get to know this person. But I will say, but you know, we can't judge this. When they went on the trip, they looked like they was having a good time. To me, they always look like they have a good time, but that's for social media. Right. We don't know what went on behind closed doors. Obviously, it wasn't <laughs> good. <laughs> she made, She was like, I mean, he not going nowhere. I got that good, good video. Mm-mm. 
She literally proclaimed to the world what she was working with, okay? And y'all know Cardi is not one to hold her tongue, so she was very vivid and graphic. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I mean, he's still out here chasing. And then the text messages that were, like, brought up from Offset cheating, he literally scheduled his sexual encounter with these women. When is it going to end? I know. The whole point of this, T.I., Little Duval, all these celebrities have come in, like, posting, like, Cardi, take Offset back, condoning that crap. When uh, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce, what that got to do anything? Their um, mentalities is all for one, one for all. <laughs> That's the issue. I just want Cardi to get her self-worth. Mm-hmm. I understand she don't have to put up with that. Offset got about, what, four children? Mm-hmm. With all these different women. Different ones. He's not been faithful to her while they've been in this relationship. You know, on the outside looking in, I don't see anything that's keeping you attached other than you say you love him right now. And the baby. True. But I think as women, even Cardi, she thought that she could probably change him. And that was her first mistake. You thought you could change him. No, sis. If he's doing it from the beginning, he's probably going to keep doing it to the end. He needs to mature. Don't use Jay-Z and Beyonce. Don't bring B and J <laughs> in this situation, okay? Thank you. They ain't got nothing to do with it, okay? Sign the beehive. <laughs> Stamped and delivered. <laughs> okay, we moving on. You kind of brought this to my attention because I really don't know a lot about this one. Nicki Minaj and mm-hmm. her new boo, mm-hmm. another person that need to get herself worth. You know, Nicki, this is so crazy. Nicki and Cardi, then they got their beef, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm Barty Gang. Sorry. For all the barbs out there. But anyway, she dating this con. He's a he has like sexual assault cases against mm-hmm. him. Uh, he was actually uh, convicted of first degree rape in 1995. But I will say I did read this. The mother pressed charges. So it sounds like he was black. The girl was white. She didn't like it. So you're going to jail. Right. You know, and unfortunately, I've seen that happen in real life. Like, to people we know. Exactly. And, you know, and that follows them for the rest of their life. They have to register as a sex offender and all that stuff. That's unfortunate. But the part that got me with this situation was that he's still with his girlfriend? Supposedly, yes. He's supposed to be with the girlfriend, and he texted the girlfriend and was like, I'm doing this for us. Like, basically, I'm trying to get a come up. Just relax. Let us come up. Then I'm going to come back to you. Supposedly, (laughs) Nikki knows this. Dumb. And is accepting it. I don't understand that. Like, and people want Nikki. Like, she has no Facts. issues. You have Meek, who got the best album in 2018. Mm. Safari, he's lame. But, but that thing was slinging, though. <laughs> Girl! Safari, Safari, Safari. It was a Safari down there, sis. Okay. I think Nikki just wants to be loved, to be honest. P. Diddy did a great little segment today about the people you keep around you, mm-hmm. securing the bag, and the energy that you have. And both of them young ladies need to be careful about the energy that they have because they both are very strong in the hip-hop game. You know, it's not a lot of rap female artists out here. Do not let these men come in here and mess that up. Because a lot of the women, Foxy Brown, jail. Lil' Kim, jail. 
Like all the hip hop artists that do that, they get caught up and whatever mess they got going on and then they forget about their career and then they got to try to come back. Remy right, Ma, right. coming back, trying to fix it. Right. Girl, secure the bag yourself. And this, those men, they'll be there. All right. <laughs> now this is a good one. King of R&B. Girl, I. <laughs> Jacquees. So Jacquees made a video and said, he heard somebody talking and they claimed that he was the king of R&B. He just thought that was so profound and he agreed with it. He said he'd been feeling like that for a long time. It is what it is. He is the king of R&B of this generation. And he peaced out on this video. And it has just brought an uproar on the internet and I love it. I have been very entertained all week. Did it make y'all mouth drop? Because it made mine drop when he said... And he was the king of R&B. Sir. Yeah. How many songs do you have? Because the only thing I really hear Jacquees do is remix everybody else's yeah. song. Get your own music, bruh. Girl, he tried to do a little dance. Girl, he's trying to be. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he tried to remake a Chris Brown Yo video. Yeah. Baby boy, sit down. Well, like some of the stars have come out. I just want to clarify this generation is who this podcast is for, okay? Right. No shade. We are thankful for the people that have come and gone. They set a foundation. But, you know, this is for us right, right now. So I would, some people that I would classify, okay, is Chris Breezy. Okay, that's a really good one. Usher. That's a good one. That's all I really want to say. Some people would be like Trey Songs. Trey is good, but I don't think he's the king. You have to be a full package, and baby ain't got Trey it. is like the king of remix R and B because Trey's remixes be on point. The last album that he just released was a flop to me. I think the slow one was better than the fast one. I don't even know the name of it, so that's how you know it's not twenty eight. Oh, okay, okay, but isn't it something eleven too? One is called 11 and one is called 28, right? Oh, okay. I haven't listened to 11. I think 28 is the fast one? Yeah. Okay, 11 is the slow one. That one's better. That's more okay. Trey's speed. And he need to stick with it. Like, the anticipation. <laughs> Woo! If y'all ever had a good night, anticipation. All the way through. I bet the name was my name. People who not in this generation who everybody's trying to claim. Tyrese. R. Kelly, who is canceled, he pees on little girls. Let it go. Right. And then we had Bobby Valentino, child. Who said? <laughs> he said it himself. <laughs> Bobby. He made a video and said, we need to get together Bobby. and sing. <laughs> Bobby. Not at all. That's what he says, sis. And what song did he even sing? We, 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 we. But that's not, it's not his song. It's Lil Wayne's song, isn't it? Yeah, that's how he came out, though. Oh, maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Look, got another song. Katie King R.B., you can't even remember his song. <laughs> and, yo. No, for me. I'm on the fence about Neo. Neo does make good music, but I don't think it's for millennials. I think it's for more like. I mean, Neo came out with us, though. He just look up. I just don't think he's the king because no. he goes back from pop to, to R&B. Yes, mm-hmm. like he's so he's a bigger genre. 
don't know, but Chris Brown does pop too. He does, but he's more of an R&B swag. He had one that techno album, that pop album. Is it graffiti? Yeah, something like that. That was it though. T Pain, and you know T Pain, my dude. But he ain't he the, not king. the king. Not the king Somebody said that in August. I seen her. August though, <laughs> it's too soon for these young cats to be saying they the king, right? When y'all only got one album out. Let's just give the crown Maybe to two. Chris Brown. Yes, he been in the game for a minute, hands down. Like he just remember when we were sixteen and we went to that concert, y'all. We snuck backstage. That's <laughs> <laughs> when he had some sense too. He waved at us and everything. everything. Mm-hmm. He sure did. He was young too. Our mamas dropped us off at the concert. We was hype. <laughs> he wasn't that big yet because it was like a little small little concert. Did we follow his tour bus after for a little while? For a little while, yeah. they wouldn't stop. It was like B two K era. Yep. Like he was just mm-hmm. coming out on the brink of that, so it was really good. Okay, and to switch topics, in sadder news, the 41st president, George Bush, died at age 94. And to be honest, this just made me look at the other Bush, President Bush, very differently. I saw him in a very humbling light at the funeral. Like, he was very personable. He talked about, like, his experiences with his dad. Mm -hmm. He kind of, like, touched the casket. And just to see his interactions with, like, the Obamas and the Clintons. And then because nobody likes 45, he was on that wavelength, too. Right. Like, I just saw him very different during that funeral. I think when somebody closest to you passed, though, that kind of brings out another side of you that you didn't think that you had. Mm-hmm. Or that you usually don't see on a regular basis, and I think that's what happened with him. And I will say, President Bush lived a great life. He was mm-hmm. ninety four. Ninety four. So I'm not saying it gets easier when someone passes at a later stage in their life, but just to know that your dad lived to be ninety four, that should be a blessing, and you should just be grateful. Facts. Because a lot of people don't make it to that. I think he really missed his wife too. Yeah, because it was, what, only like seven months that she passed? I don't even know if it's been that long, but it she just passed this year, too. Mm-hmm. And speaking about presidents, our first lady, Michelle Obama, wrote a memoir about her life, and it's entitled Becoming, and I'm not done with it because I've been listening to it on Audible because it's been a very hectic week for me. And I have like 13 hours left. So I think I'm in chapter 13. So I'm midway. It's it's picking up. It's picking up. And so I'm going to bring it back again once I finish it. But just to talk about it, I just think she did a really good job of being open and honest. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very hard to do when you walk in your power. Like to open up about your struggles, your weaknesses, and your successes. Because... You know, most people don't post or don't talk about things that they don't do well. That's true. We only talk about the good stuff. Positive things. You know? Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was so willing to kind of dish it and then she put it out there. And apparently it's got some stuff in there about 45. I haven't got to that point. But to sit at the funeral on the same pew, shake his hand. I'm like, go on, girl. That takes a lot. I'm not there in life. Mm-mm. God's not through with me yet. <laughs> I'll be ready to say what's on my mind. Let this person know. And I'm not about to be in your space. My thing now is you're messing. You're disturbing my energy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be around your energy. 
I'm trying to protect my peace. <laughs> that's, that's it. All day. But the fact that she did that with a face and just was like, how you doing? Keep it moving. Goals. Definitely a, a goal. And this just leads into my topic of becoming. So have you read the book Becoming? So I am in the process of reading it. I think I'm in chapter four or five. So I'm still in her childhood. Um, I haven't got to Michelle and Barack. I'm literally like in the childhood. Okay. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about the book per se. I wanted to kind of talk about the topics in there. Um, One thing that she talked about was marriage. And she got married like right around our age. And she discussed kind of following Barack to live out his dreams and she didn't feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important because I think in relationships now, dating, that's easy to do. And we kind of talked about a little bit about how women sometimes just put their dreams on hold just to fulfill their man. I can see that. Especially with Nikki, Cardi, here we are, these successful women, just kind of like forgetting about what they got going on. What is up with that? I think it's just the fulfillment of having a man. I'm not going to say I necessarily went through that, but so I moved to D.C. because of a man that I was engaged to. And I didn't put my dreams on hold, but life kind of stopped and I made life literally just about him. And so I understand because I think you get in that mindset of wifey mode. Right. And you kind of forget about yourself because I forgot about myself. And like I said, it was all about him. And once I forgot about myself, it was hard to become me again. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I've been been through that too. It was a younger stage in my life. But I literally remember. I was finishing up from um, Winston. And I wanted to move to Charlotte. And she was like, you going to move to Charlotte? Are you going to leave? Um, yes, sis. He got to go. He didn't go. He moved with me. And that was a struggle, and it was like, okay, you don't want to move. When it was time to leave Charlotte, I didn't want to leave Charlotte because he had a job, a part-time job. Let me enter that. And he didn't want to go because back in Virginia, it was not as many jobs that were available. Mm -hmm. But I was really considering staying where I was at to struggle to keep my head above water to Mm. to be there with him. Dumb. I was 20, but yeah. still. I'm about to say look at the age. But still, just the fact that I was willing to sacrifice it all for his happiness while I'm miserable. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Now, Michelle wasn't miserable, but just the fact that there's this piece in there where he literally left to get himself together, and she had to keep it together in the household. So almost like she had to wait for him to be ready. They were married. Mm. I know that was rough. And I just see it so often. And 
I guess, you know, like the women empowerment. I know guys listen to the podcast. I'm sorry. And I think everybody should fulfill their dreams, whatever it is. But I just feel like people need to become individuals first before you head into relationships. Feel that hurt and heal. Deal with the hard stuff. Get what you have to do. And then have a relationship. Because in this situation, Barack wasn't done growing up or getting whatever he needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Right? And here Michelle is, they're married, newlyweds, they're ready to start their life. And he's like, okay, but wait a minute. You know, she had to put a pause on her life to make sure he was good. Y'all need to be individuals first before you come up in a relationship. I agree. But Michelle, maybe she didn't realize it. I mean, they're good now. I mean, of course. <laughs> but maybe she she didn't realize it. And maybe, honestly, I think Barack didn't realize that I didn't get to where I wanted to be. But now I'm married, so now I have to think about both of us, and I don't think he was ready for that. Right. As most people. And you said she was, they were around our age? Yep. Yeah. He left for like a sabbatical on an island. And since working nine to five, maybe even more hours. Malia and Sasha weren't born, born yet, right? No, this like their first year of marriage. They always say the first year is the roughest. Yeah. I'm going to be like, see, this is why I ain't got no man. You got all your shit done? You done? Because I ain't got time. <laughs> I just don't got the time. Like, I'm dealing with the hard stuff now to get myself. I'm not saying I'm preparing for marriage. I'm preparing for my future. And I just think if you go into relationship or whatever, that person has to know what you got going on. Like, look, I'm in the middle of this. This is what I plan. This is how I see myself in five years. Boom, bada, bing. You either going to be down with it or you not. But this kind of just happened. Like, his mama got this together. I'm trying not to spill the tea, but it Go was kind of like. Spill it. <laughs> he had a book deal, and he didn't fulfill his accomplishments because he was working, pretty much, doing more than what he should have been doing. Now, I don't fault him for that because in the black community, we always got to be doing more than what we're supposed to do in a job. Period. Period. <laughs> so I just felt like he overcompensated because here you are. He had very high accolades. He was like the Harvard, you know, everybody knows everything he did. Um, president, mm-hmm. journal, and, mm-hmm. you know, very prestigious. And I'm just trying to live up to that name. And then on top of that, he's supposed to write a book. He didn't write the book on time. He lost $40,000 and he had to pay back his advance. So the publisher or his agent found another publisher and was like, you have to write another book. And that way you can recoup your money. So his mama decided, okay, I found a cute little cottage in Honduras. It might not be in Honduras. Pretty much an island. And you can go for five weeks. So he took his notepad and he went to the island and finished his fulfillment. While Michelle was working in corporate America. You know, that mama will always get you in trouble <laughs> when it comes to a man. Okay, go ahead. She ain't staying in her lane. So, after that, like, she, he came back. He wrote the book. He was tanned and relaxed. He ain't been working. And Michelle looking frazzled. Yes. And I just felt like she had to hold down the floor. She was living in her parents' house. While he was on the beach writing a book. 
That's why we say God's not through with me yet. Yeah, because I would have ready to go. You're not going on vacation without I'd me. I'd have been like, well, I guess we going together. <laughs> this our book. What are we writing about? What I need to take some FMLA, <laughs> a LOA, a leave of absence from work. What I got to do? Because we, we, we a team. We do yes. things together. Yes. That took a lot, I'm sure. I'm sure she was hurt, upset, stressed, in distress. Go ahead, Michelle. Girl, I'm learning. I'm learning. So that was one thing that I got about that I really thought that was really important because I know I have put my happiness on hold for other people. Not necessarily for a man, but for other people. You know, and when you get that freedom, I think that's where she's going now. Y'all haven't finished the book, but I think that's where she's going because she talked about she went to school. Oh, my God. And this is a great one because I finished school on time because I felt like I needed to. My parents would have been disappointed if I stayed mm-hmm. again or whatever, even though I went back. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what she did. She became a lawyer and she wasn't fulfilled. You went through all the school. She passed the bar. I mean, and it doesn't have to be a lawyer, but we hear this all the time. So many times people get in these professions, have all these degrees, and you're like, okay, what am I going to do with this degree? I don't want to do this. She wanted to work in public sectors, Mm. and she took a salary cut, like 50%, and then another job that was less than that. So you got all this student loan debt, and you want to work in a $30,000 job? We've been there. I was struggling. Like, But I think that's a big reason why she called the book Becoming, because... She didn't like where she was going in life, so she definitely changed everything. Like, she did a full 360, and she became something totally different than what she went to school for. And that's fine. I mean, I'm sure she was younger. Because you, I know you said when they when he took the sabbatical, they were around our age. So, how old do you think she was? Or this did was she like, say? This was, well, with the whole thing with the, like, the change of the jobs was a little bit before they got married until after they got married. So, like, 28, 29, 27, 26, all those ages. Mm. But I just think it was so profound. Like, the first lady of the United States is so relatable because I just know so many people that have changed professions. You know, they tell us all the time, like, millennials, y'all would switch a job in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Bye. Like, I think everybody just has to go through that phase. And I just appreciate her being so candid about you know, I was trying to figure it out and I was not happy. But just the fact that she was able to accomplish graduating from Harvard, passing the bar, and then not even wanting to do it. She talked about meeting people who were free spirited and like leaving their mark on the world. And I think that's so important. And it just speaks to not having materialistic things. They mean nothing if you don't feel fulfilled with what you do in life. That speaks volumes. Mm hmm. She was on a, a Oprah. She had an interview with Oprah. And she said something, and I want to read it because it's really good. Growing up is not finite. As you become something, that's not all there is. My journey is continuing, evolving, and there's never a point where you arrive at a thing. And if you do, that's kind of sad because you have stopped growing and what else is left. And I don't know what the next step will be. You may be trying to figure it all out because you think at some point you just know. You probably think it's the light that turns off in your 20s. Like, 
it's a magic number when you feel like a grown up. But the truth is, for her, each decade has uncovered something amazing, something I never could have imagined. If I would have stopped looking, I would have missed out on so much. That spoke to me because my magic number was 25. What did 25 mean to you? I was going to be married. I was going to have a good, like a great job, my house, everything. And I think I rushed so much. Like I bought my house at 22. Mm-hmm. I was locked in. Like I was just so ready. I was, I, I've dated many men. Like you going to be my husband. Got my heart broken. Like that is not fun. So I think at 27 was like the age when I was like, it's okay. Like, like Mrs. Obama said, it's not finite. That does not mean it's the end. Just because my journey didn't turn out the way I planned, God has something different for me. That's right. And true happiness started to happen. It didn't happen when I was able to buy my car in 2014. It didn't happen when I had my house in 2014 that doesn't matter so maybe i, I bought my house at 24 <laughs> it's 24 but it was just all too soon for me you know all because this is what i thought my life was supposed to look like who was i living for because i wasn't living for me but like michelle said growth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you grew sis mm-hmm and was that, like, we talked about jealousy in the last one, but I feel like it was more, in that space, was more of comparison. Have you ever had experience with comparison? Like, comparing myself to others? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, me too. I think that's what kind of pushed me, like, okay, I need, I looked at my parents, like, comparing my life to theirs. Right. You know, friends around me. It was always just a battle. And I'm like, who wants to compete with other people? Even people on social media that I don't know. And I don't know their story. So I just, you know, what has been your experience with comparison? Like you just comparing, you know. I know when I came out of college, I expected to have this grand job. And coming out of college, y'all, I was making $10.66. I will never forget. Girl. And I was pissed every day. <laughs> every day I was in a bad mood. I would come home, not talk to my parents, because, of course, I was still living with my parents. I was bitter, looking at everybody. I don't think social media was, at, was well, as big. Right. But, you know, just looking at my friends, like, oh, they're making $40,000 a year. Or, oh, they're making $35,000 a year. And I was only making $10.66. Okay. So, of course, I went through, you know, that comparison um phase i think maybe for like a year and a half and then finally i think my relationship with god grew and i finally realized what's for talisha will be for talisha that's the truth girl i was working at a wedding store let's say their name i worked 52 hours and got 323 dollars on my check yeah i remember when me and Brittany had that conversation was hot i worked hard slinging them dresses up and down up and down so i just you know whether or not i wanted to admit it or not there was a time in my life that i went through a comparison mode you know the fear of getting out of my box 
you know, and letting go who I had become publicly really hindered me for who I was becoming personally. Looking back, there was a story that I thought I had to feel like, you know, me being in the shoes that I had growing up, you know, class president, you know, being captains of squad. I just felt like I've always been in this kind of like leadership position. So here I am scrambling, buying a house, (laughs) getting paid once a month, y'all, once a month. Hurt. Out here getting a refund check. Making it stretch. (laughs) But this was what, you know, but I never let people know my struggles. Right. But it was a story that I had to uphold you know who was I living for because I wasn't living for me all because of the fear of comparison and I just feel like it took me years away because I self-sabotaged myself I could have stayed at home for a year stacked my money paid some bills down took care of my debt student loans whatever the case may be this is a harsh reality that I have to accept And be okay with so I don't make the same mistakes again. Because I wasn't hurting anyone but myself. I had to keep up with the lie. Mm, All because of comparison. Ain't no more comparison. Hell no. It's not. While it was very uncomfortable, tiring, and stressful, I'm thankful for that time because I realized who I was becoming. What I needed to do to become this person. What I needed to let go the distractions I needed to eliminate out of my life, the circle I needed to realign and refocus. I'm grateful for that time. You know, being broke will do that when you have nothing. (laughs) So I am grateful for that. And my number one takeaway for you would be to be free. I have learned that the only person I should be comparing myself to is the person I was yesterday so that I know that I'm being the best person that I could be. And, you know, even with this podcast, like, do you, I take times when I listen to other people's podcasts and, you know, think of, look, research different benchmarks that you're supposed to meet. Like, how many downloads are good? Or, you know, people are listening, people like this. Or how many bookmarks are on the page to see growth? Those are things that people say. And, you know, I haven't reached those benchmarks, but I do enjoy it so much. That it keeps me pushing. And I think that's a big part of what people need to jump out that comparison mode. When you really realize and you enjoy whatever it is that you do. And you're not ashamed of your story. And can talk about it. That really lets you know that you are not in comparison. Because a big thing is you don't want to talk about your story because you're afraid of those people that you compare yourself to will judge you. So when you can let that go, that's when you really could be free. So do you think with Michelle and her book that she felt free after she finally got into what she wanted to do being in that public sector? Yep. She enjoys like working with kids, but money isn't an issue. That's a big thing too. Like, I- And I'm not saying not to jump. I'm saying when you jump, make sure you have a plan, make sure things are in line. Make sure you are ready. That's all. She was fortunate enough. You know, I think after president, aren't y'all millionaires? Like, people are millionaires. Like, the Clintons are millionaires. I don't know what they do. 
I mean, I don't think you really had no bills like that. Do you got a mortgage or anything? Yeah, because they give them a house. They might be paying off Princeton and Howard, Harvard. Um, Howard, they ain't going to know how. They probably paid that off in like the first two years. Because he was president for eight years. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> okay. But they got two other kids. They got two kids. They put them through college. But I don't think money is an issue. Not comparing yourself is probably what I'll take away from that. I had to learn it. I think we all have to learn not to compare ourselves to people and things. It's what makes you happy. Girl, absolutely. I feel like I'm into going after what I want because I'm not in comparison to others around me. I'm more willing to take risks and whatever I feel is greatness at that exact moment. That feeling of fulfillment is really what keeps life going because life can be hard. It can. And so many things that I never thought I would experience at this point has happened. And, you know... I just feel like when I'm totally free in my decisions, no comparison, no jealousy, got a good group around me, you know, that has really pushed me when I'm at my lowest points in life because life is not all great. Not at all. Well, you're doing great. Keep it up. So are you, sis? I'm trying. This leads into my favorite segment, Righteous and Ratchet. You know what I'm saying? Man. I saw this earlier and it just it spoke to me and I was like this is so good because we talking about becoming that say you know you have a big heart when you feel bad for what you're doing and I felt that shit that's what the post says so you feel bad for what you're doing no but I used to Mm. I used to be that person who would hide my accomplishments because I didn't want to offend other people uh-huh. or like lower my expectations and friendships, whatever it was. And like my role was the fixer. I'm the helper. I'm the one that's always going to have it and get it done. But you, you learn to say no now. Yeah. Because before that girl said yes to anything. Setting boundaries. And then when I, when I would say no or learn to set boundaries, I was labeled as like the bad friend. Or you you switching up. You changing up. No, I'm reclaiming my time. And that's fine. And when I felt like when like we were coming, anytime you're becoming, I would feel bad for that. So that's why I just thought this was so profound. Because the person who never gave up on me was Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Because he already knew what was best for me. Those relationships that he ended... Well, I thought it was just so detrimental. I didn't understand it. It was all for a reason. It's part of his plan. People come and go in different seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just was like, I just don't understand it because it's really hard. I don't know if it's just a, like with my um, horoscope. Do you believe in that? Not really. <laughs> well, for people that believe Virgos are very giving and loving and nurturing people, like we just gravitate to pretty much everybody people like us we're people people and that was very it was a big adjustment because like you said you try to hide your accomplishments girl don't when they walked away I just felt like people were taking advantage of my heart and my friendship one person that 
you know, you can always depend on when you feel lonely because I don't know about you, but have you ever, you know, you have people around you, like your family, me, we've been best friends for almost, dang. Since 2004. Yeah. So like 14, 15 years. And, um, like, you know, you have me in your life, Mm -hmm. you got your family, you got a great support system, but sometimes have you ever felt like you just still feel alone? Definitely. You know, in the darkest moments. I know I can call on God to pick me up, to give me that nourishment that I need to go back out there to be the person that he needs me to be. He's the best one to call on. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of said, you know, you can still have a big heart and still have those limitations as well. So that is all of Crown. Do you have anything else? Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. I know y'all didn't think that there was going to be a Crown podcast and I wasn't going to be up here. Of course. (laughs) Period. (laughs) So where could they find you, T? I am on Instagram, ClumsyBeauty20, because I am clumsy and I'm beautiful. And I made my Instagram when I was 20. (laughs) (laughs) It's still cute. Until next time, keep those crowns high. Thank you.